Welcome back to Geek Life, PandaManga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, the Brian. Hello. And our guest today is comic master extraordinaire, Joe. Hello, hello. So, as always, we like to try and have somebody who knows their shit, and so... Joe is with us today to make sure that we, uh, you know, don't just talk out of our asses for an hour. <laughs> yes, and my shit has been thoroughly examined. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No uh, comment. <laughs> yes, no comment. So we've got uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, most importantly, the plan has been to talk about a couple different comics. We, you know, have a good amount of time between the different podcasts as far as, you know, comics podcasts. We have a, a while before the next comics podcast. So we have a lot of time to, you know, gather information, come up with fun ideas and games. And this time, we read and reviewed several comics. So we're going to talk about three different comics this week. Uh, But before anything gets going with that, we're going to do a little housekeeping. First on the list of housekeeping. Ding, ding, ding! Congratulations, Pandamanga.com. We have a launch date. Woohoo! Yay! Clapping and excited noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So after much pondering and rethinking and mayhem and, you know, as, as those of you who are regular listeners and have known about kind of the personal life mayhem in my personal life recently, uh, we've decided to push the date back. Uh, we were originally kind of in our inner circle tentatively hoping to have things, you know, start more like this month. But uh, we decided to start June 1st. If that changes, we will tell you as soon as we possibly can. We are liking to call this a hard start, so like a, a hard launch date has been set, so we really don't want to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've had a lot of time to gather information, and for those of you that are interested, the uh, medical stuff going on with my family and my mom has died down. She's finished with her cancer treatment. She's back home and resting, and you know we're able to <laughs> you know, all kind of like you know, get along with things and move forward without being constantly stressed and frustrated frustrated and freaked out about how that was going to go because that was scary for a while so yeah. things are things are on the mend a huge sigh of relief huge sigh of relief okay. for everybody at panda manga especially myself i have to say that i haven't been real efficient with working on the comics and doing everything which i think is perfectly fair but at the same time it you know it affects it affects what's going on yeah. so no you know, no one blames you except for brian except, except for, for me. brian right brian is uh is a vicious taskmaster i have to hold you accountable he does have to hold me accountable, it's true. Uh, so, yes, so we have our June 1st launch date, and I have conf- confirmed that with D. Caster of uh, a couple different comics that we're working on with him. Uh, I actually also confirmed with him that we will be having not one, but two comics, each about each one issue. I'm not sure whether we're going to release them at the same time, weekly, or whether he wants to release one issue of one comic and then another issue of the other comic kind of one after the other to extend his visit on pandamanga.com and hopefully he'll put out more with us but we definitely have two comics uh, they one of them is called the suicidal wait terrible Art. suicidal monkey machine and the other is kid with a cape i've seen about seven panel or seven full pages of the terrible suicidal monkey machine and it's really cool Again, I always really enjoy his stuff. His penmanship is amazing. Yeah, I'm and he's trying some, to that one. Yeah, oh, he's trying some really unique stuff with color. You know, he's doing mm-hmm. like mostly black and white and then certain things in color. And instead of it feeling like it's half colored, it's it really like draws attention to the things that he's trying to draw attention to. So it's a neat it's a neat direction to take it. And then Kid with the Cape, I, I haven't seen anything aside from the logo. 
so I don't, I don't know where that's going to go. But, uh, you know, see, knowing his other stuff, he, you know, he's great. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Sweet. So uh, in other news, uh, Panda Manga's Geek Life podcast officially has an email address. You can email questions, comments, concerns, and whatever the hell you'd like, aside from ads and trolling. Well, a little trolling's okay, because we can just make fun of you on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our official podcast email address is geeklife at pandamanga.com. That's G-E-K, life, L-I-F-E, at pandamanga.com. So email us all kinds of fun stuff, and moving forward, we will use that email address to do kind of like show interaction with our fans. And our listeners. Uh, let's see. And oh yes, and uh, two podcasts ago, even though it was only one recording, we reviewed Journey, and our partner for the better part of Journey was better part as in longer and the better part of our playing of Journey <laughs> together was Fishy Archerect. And uh, Fishy, I uh, spoke with you a little bit more in a message on the PlayStation Network, and you know we did make a clerical error in our describing of who you are and what you're about. So. Uh, we just wanted to apologize to her. All right, so <laughs> she knows what we're talking about. Anyway, moving on. Um, and then let's see. Uh, oh, yes. And one, one, one last thing uh, in our housekeeping section. I wanted to see what you guys thought of you know, how well the party podcast experiment went. Because that was definitely an experiment. <laughs> Have you both listened to both of them? or? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I listened to both of those. I you can really tell that the second one is the later half of the night. <laughs> yes. Yes. Drinking was clearly involved and it yeah. was definitely a big factor in how things played out in that second uh, half. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But I I had lots of fun doing it. Yeah, I mean I thought it was really fun what doing I can it. Remember. I, I think of the parts you could remember. Yeah, we were talking earlier tonight over some pizza and, and Joe likes to say that drunk Joe comes out couple times a year. Yeah. We got to see Drunk Joe on St. Patty's Day. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, it was always always good to have a visit from Drunk Joe. It's like yeah. it's like getting a surprise visit from Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, unless he's stealing your grandpa, then that's no fun. Or insulting women. <clears throat> Moving on. The I'm but, a little indifferent on the party podcast, but drinking on the podcast should be encouraged and we should right, do that yeah. more often. You know, I do think that the drinking game should be revised to just be the um game. And not necessarily everybody drinks when anybody says um, but we individually need to drink when we say um. Because uh, I think that out of all the stuff that we tried to do, it was pretty quick when I, I like pretty quickly realized I cannot say okay so. <laughs> thinking about it. I think that we all like all of our catchphrases pretty quickly got scrubbed from our vocabulary. Uh-huh. But we still kept saying um like a bunch of tools. So I think that I think that the um needs to really be the target for that. Um, yeah. oh, dang it, see I was just having a drink right there. Anyway, uh, my my feelings on the on the party podcast in general is I feel like it was a pretty big success. I do think that the biggest change I would make, because, you know, obviously we had people in the background and people were partying around and, you know, it's a pretty good group of us. And I feel like because the podcast dominated most of what the party was, those of the, those of our groups of friends, that group of friends that were invited to the St. Patty's Day party and basically sat in the background and waited for us to finish the podcast started to get a little rowdy and bored later and so i think that we need to find a way to make sure that everybody's involved in the future Mm -hmm. if we're going to do something like that 
Uh, Plus, we just have to make it shorter as well. Yes, we just have to make it shorter and not have Brian's <laughs> massive freaking... And you know what the terrible thing was? Turn. Is that when... Like, the moment we started recording, that's when I realized, oh, fuck, the March of Madness thing is going to take forever. Right, and I had just promised them, we'll be done in, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, freaking three hours later. <laughs> we're all, like, by the, by the time we're done, not only are we all drunk, but we're all ready to be done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do think that drinking on the podcast was fun, and I think that, mm. uh, that the way that we had it set up to record and everything was... Really cool, but you know we could polish it a little bit. So yeah. moving forward, we should definitely do more drunken podcasts yeah. and definitely do more party podcasts. You guys agree? Yeah. Oh, I know that the admin will be down to drink. On the <laughs> I love the drunk admin. So good. So good. I'm drunk. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can't have her on unless she's sick, hungover, drunk. Right. We have to have uh, fucked up admin every time. Yes. Is, it wouldn't be Pandamanga. It wouldn't be Geek Life. If it, you know, if she was, you know, all well and good. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on forward to our first review. The first review is something that only I was able to read, even though I emailed everybody else about it. You didn't and it's send only a link. like twenty pages. <laughs> no, but I'm not giving anybody a hard time. Uh, no, the not to name any names. Not the name the names. Brian Joe. <laughs> So the first one, I'll just just kind of you know graze over quickly because it's it's you know not everybody has read it, so I, we can't really get into into depth about it. But I wanted to bring to our listeners you know something new, something interesting, instead of you know like we always like I always personally try and review an indie comic of some kind, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then maybe you know we'll do another you know normal like Marvel, DC, something, you know. But indie comics is where my heart is, and so I always like to try and do that. But at the same time. You know, often the indie comic that we review is a comic from Image or, you know, something like that. And so it's still, even though it's 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 indie and typically a little bit more off the wall and creative and unique, it's still in some ways more mainstream than it could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if something is being published by Image and is available at our local comic book shop, Waterfront Comics, Yeehaw, John, you rock. Yep. Uh, then, you know, it doesn't really need a whole lot of extra exposure. So I think that I can speak for everybody when I say that we'd like to try and get uh, a little bit more self-published stuff and some web comics, uh, you know, kind of thrown into the podcast so that hopefully the people that are listening will have a chance to go check that out and become patrons of their fine websites and whatnot. Um, part of that grand scheme is to, at APE, upcoming in October, which we are definitely going to be there for, we will be going around and finding some self-published people and conducting interviews there and hopefully have a handful of really cool stuff that you would never have access to unless you actually were physically at Ape uh, to talk about for the rest of the year. So that's that's the hope with that. So in that spirit, I really kind of stumbled across this really cool webcomic via kind of farting around on Kickstarter. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with Kickstarter, Kickstarter is a really cool way for people to raise money. For creative projects in particular. I don't think that they do anything that's business-like. That's more like Kiva Zone for like micro-loans. But this is really just money for you that you don't have to repay to get you started on a creative endeavor. Uh, You know, I think that there's a lot of other websites out there that offer ways for people to get startup money for something that's more business-like. You know, but I think that us, you know, artistic types kind of get left out in the cold when it comes to trying to get funding for us. So a place like Kickstarter is really phenomenal. It's, it's really revolutionizing things. Like recently we saw a Kickstarter 
raise millions of dollars for was it uh, who who started that? Tim Tim Schaefer. Schaefer. Yes. Yeah, Tim Schaefer of Double Fine. He really wanted to do a point and click adventure game. Did you hear about this, Joe? No, I didn't. Yeah, so Tim Schaefer, you know Tim Schaefer, right? Not uh, personally. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh darn! I should introduce you. Sometime. Yes, yeah, you should. He's a good guy. No, uh, so so Tim Tim Schaefer of Double Fine fame. You know some of the stuff that he's he's really well known for would be like Psychonauts and things like okay. that. Yeah. Uh, or was it Mr. The Grim Adventures or Mr. Grim or something like that? Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango, right? More recently, Brutal you know, Legends. Brutal Legend, which you know a lot oh, okay. of us didn't really like a whole lot, but still had that kind of Schaefer flair to it. So. But anyway, he has received a lot of letters and fan mail and whatnot about saying, hey, make a point-and-click adventure game. You've done that before. You make really good ones. We totally buy it. The problem is, is that whenever he would pitch a point-and-click adventure game to you know, his producers and you know, money guys, basically, they'd you know, pull out from their soulless black bag... They're like, whoa, well, you know, our focus groups and blah, 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 blah. And statistics say that we won't make a good return on investment. So, you know, he, he never really had the funding to do it. And so he finally, with Kickstarter, basically looked at everybody and said, hey, you know, you guys really want this, you know, game consumers. Put your money where your mouth is. We'll open up a Kickstarter. We'll have a very modest amount of money that we request. And see if you meet it. And I think he wanted like four hundred thousand dollars, or you know, less than a million, really. I mean, yeah. and for games, that's cheap. Yeah. Uh, and he was planning on having like a staff of like four or five guys to put this together. And I think by the end, they 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 made millions of dollars. Five million. Five five million yeah. over five million dollars. Uh, and they they blew through their original goal within the first like, couple of days, I think. Wow. So yeah, so it's really exciting. I think things like Kickstarter are really going to change the way independent stuff is funded. And it's really going to give kind of the big fuck you finger to uh, all of the publishers that have a kind of death grip on the creativity because of funding problems. Anyway, I'm totally getting off subject, but I was uh, I was farting around on on uh, on Kickstarter. That's what I do. I fart. I don't look. I fart <laughs> on Kickstarter, and I was looking through some projects, trying to think, hey, you know, maybe we could use it someday. Panda Manga, we've got ideas and stuff and publishing, and you know that would be a good way to get some money, and. So I decided to look at projects that had recently uh, been successful, thinking, well, maybe I can learn something from them. And up comes this project by a girl named uh, Carrie or Kari. I apologize if I'm spelling, saying your name wrong. K-A-R-I. Uh, Kari Smith. Uh, and her comic book is called Plume. You can find Plume at plumecomic.com. That's just P-L-U-M-E, comic, C-O-M-I-C, at comic.com. So plumecomic.com. She has the first... Two chapters, I think the second chapter is still being developed and put up, but she has the first two chapters up there, and it's really cool. You know, the art style is really sharp, snappy, uh, very clean, and the storytelling is is very confident. Uh, you know, definitely shows that she's got a clear picture of where she's headed and, you know, has something kind of good up her sleeve. You know, there's there's uh, it starts out with this really neat sort of like glimpse into the future of the story, you know, farther, farther in where the main character is in, and her like companion are, you know, fighting and going through this incredible gun battle and, you know, ends up, and they're all very kind of like, you know, offhanded about human life and are like, ah, oh, you know, it's fun to kill people, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's a, it's, you can tell that it's sort of become hardened and have had sort of an, quite an adventure to get to the place 
that the first couple pages show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then then from there you get kind of this glimpse of where it's headed, which sounds really cool and looks really cool. And you know, again, it's always very well drawn. Uh, and then it jumps back to the very beginning where she's like this proper lady living with, I think, her aunt or something. And not at all, you know, the same kind of character. Still that sort of like free spirit that is shown in those first couple pages. But, you know, definitely not that person yet. I'll read the synopsis here. Plume is a story set in the Old West about a girl named Vesper Grey and her supernatural companion, Cork. On their quest to recover her father's life's work, they encounter new friends and new foes and learn that the Wild West really does live up to its name. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I don't want to really give anything away. I think that you guys should go read it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a comic on the Internet. What do you have to lose? Just go read it. You know, yeah, I don't even I think, think that... I'm sold already. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's really cool. But so her Kickstarter, she was trying to get money together to self-publish some stuff and then, you know, and then, you know, have it available at, you know, conventions and whatnot. And, and she, she hit her goal. And, you know, hopefully maybe we'll see her at eight and, you know, I'll be able to tell her that we reviewed it and, you know, pick up a, a copy because it's really cool stuff. Uh, you know, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it other than, you know, it's totally great. Check it out. Uh, you know, again, it's it's available completely free on the internet. You know, if you have an opportunity to to meet with Kari Smith, yeah, if you have an opportunity to meet Kari Smith in person, you know, I encourage you to pick up some of her stuff. You know, and support her and what she's doing. She's pretty cool. I uh, and let's see, I will let's give it a rating here because that's what we're doing. We're reviewing things on the yeah. Comics Podcast. <clears throat> uh, I will give it out of five issues. I will give it three point five issues. Oh, and uh, yeah, you know, and that's a very positive rating. And I, again, I think that it was really cool. The you know the only reason that I would say it didn't get a higher rating, um, and you know, again, our our rating system comes from not necessarily how good is it from one to five. It's 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 it is that, but it also is how many issues am I willing to give based on a little bit that I've read. You know, like you read the first couple pages, the first chapter or two or whatever. You know, how many issues am I willing to like? You know, if there's a kind of a lull in the action, how many issues am I willing to be like, oh, I'll keep reading for this long. And if it really picks up, then I'll just keep reading forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, obviously I'd read full another issue or two because it's not even quite finished with the second issue online that I've seen. It's definitely interesting. The, uh, the only reason that I, I'm not really willing to be like, oh, four or five issues is that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of investment going into, you know, building up the characters and the backstory and everything. And that teaser in the beginning makes you really excited and interested to see where they're going. And I'm a little anxious to get there, mm. I guess, is the concern. And so, you know, I like everything about it, but my only concern would be that, and the only reason why I'm not, why I would be like, where I could see maybe a misstep happening, is if there's too much time spent on kind of building up to that initial really advertisement of what it's going to become, mm-hmm. you know? And if they can't, if she can't, if Kari can't bring it to that place within a couple of issues, maybe not that far in, but bring it to a place where it's feeling like a, you know, swashbuckling adventure sort of excitement. Well, swashbuckling is the wrong word, but, you know, Wild West exciting adventure, um, you know, instead of just character development, then then I would be all over it, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, but, you know, on the whole, check it out, plumecomic.com. So next up is a comic that Joe found about online. Was it you were reading? Uh, no. Um, I heard about Love and Rockets for 
God, maybe 10, 15 years now. It's been around for a long time. It's fine. Uh, yeah, they just had their uh, 30 year anniversary wow. this year. And there's going to be a, a big to do with them at uh, Comic Con this year. Um, and they're an independent comic. Independent comics, self published at the beginning of their career, and then went through. Damn, I wish I had that Comic Con magazine because I had like the entire history of the. Uh... Oh, the most recent Comic Con magazine had that. Yeah, the one that had my picture. Oh yes, <laughs> if anybody got that Comic Con magazine that came out to anybody that went to either Comic Con, WonderCon, or Ape. If your name is on a mailing list and you'll get that comic book or that, 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 that magazine, if you look in the artist's creator's corner, Joe's in the back, crossed arms, looking all handsome and tall. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I, I have been featured in a <laughs> yeah. professional comic book magazine. Yes. But so, but they eventually got picked up to be a, a, you know, published. They got picked up and published and have actually done really well. Um, what, what is this version published in? Who, who published this version? This is self-published. Still so, self-published. Um, yeah, through their, through their own publishing company, Fantagraphics, mm. who um, it, the entire series has been done by the Hernandez brothers. Uh, there's three of them. The older brother has since split off and has been doing his own stories and releasing his own books, still on Fantagraphics. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's their family's baby. And so over the years, you know, they, I mean, obviously for to have been going strong for 30 years mm-hmm. and still be coming out and being published, they, they're well received and popular. Yeah, they've been an indie hit for 30 years yeah. plus. Yeah. So. And, you know, and, and so obviously, you know, hearing this, you know, Joe's talking to me about this while we're on our way to Waterfront Comics and we're like, we should totally pick it up and check it out. It sounds great. You know, maybe these guys, we can glean some ideas and some success, you know, techniques or something from, from what they've got to offer. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so Joe picked up a big trade that had, I think, three or four stories in it. Uh, yeah, four stories. Um, yeah, four. Look at the back of it. Yeah, four stories. <laughs> and... Um, there, one of the stories is a continuing story arc, uh, follows a group of superhero women, uh, the called the T Girls or something, right? Uh, the Tie Girls. Tie Girls. It took me the longest time to figure out T Girls, Tie Girls, but I got it finally. Tiger, Tiger. Tiger Girls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cute. Makes you feel stupid when you finally <laughs> right. figure out. Oh, <laughs> duh. Um. Yeah, but that story starts in the first volume. Uh, the only one, the only volume John had over at Waterfront was volume two. So I picked it up anyway and thought, what the hell? Can't get that lost, right? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> uh, but another point I wanted to make, uh, your local public library most likely has comic books. Not everyone knows this. The Napa Public Library has a actually really impressive selection of graphic novels and comic books. So one day I was out there looking through their collection and found the first and third volumes, but not the second. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. So you got the whole picture. Meant to be, right? (laughs) So yeah, I got the entire story. Didn't help me not being lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, like the little bit that I read of it, I mean, I I, I read maybe like, you know, half of it, 
really, and then thumb through the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so fragmented and so jumpy. It's like there's three different stories going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And because of the art style, some of the characters look a little similar. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to tell what the hell's happening. Even even in the one that you're not starting in the middle of, and it's just a one shot or two uh-huh. of them that had just a one shot, just kind of like, you know, you read a little ways into it, and it's it's really cool, but it's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Oh yeah, that's one of the biggest problems I had with it is that the stories were interesting, but they were completely disjointed. The pacing and story arcs, and even like the timeline jumped around so much even from panel to panel that it was totally disorienting uh just after i read that i or read these three books i read uh batman year one right uh and frank miller does the exact same thing he will change you know it's batman's story catwoman's story jim gordon's story all on the same page go from may to june just really skip around, but it's all coherent. You can follow every single panel. But again, that it's Frank Miller. He's right. He's you know up there with Alec Moore and the Wizard he's, category. He's a damn badass. Yeah, yeah. So it can be done jumping around like that. I mean, oh it's, yeah, it's, it's very can, doable. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that you don't have to lose your reader? Yeah. And like you said, the the art. I want to call it gentle. Because it's not simple, but it's not overly complex, not a lot of crazy shading or dyna- dynamic angles like right. we were talking about. Right. How yeah, it's very, very kind of classic. It, I, mean, it remind, I mean, like you can tell that these guys started drawing 30 years ago and mm-hmm. like started publishing 30 years ago, yeah. you know, and that, that no doubt grew up drawing way before that. You know, and that so yeah. that there's definitely a very kind of classic American comic style. Yeah. You know, yeah. So like, they're drawn like Sunday strips. Yeah, it looks like Sunday strips. It does, it does, but it has a lot of influence of the early stuff. Like it reminds me of some of like the really early Hellblazer stuff. Oh yeah. You know, that it's like it's like I don't know, just like the hairstyles and you know, the angles and everything. But there's something different that a lot of the really early comic books, uh, that the really early American comic books were very really detailed. Mm-hmm. Like lots and lots of pen touches and lots of complicated color and, you know, very busy. And mm-hmm. and this, although very busy as well, they're like the lines are thicker. There's, you know, much more liberal use of just black inking for something. You know, if like yeah. somebody has black hair, it's not, you know, there's not, there's not like lines. It's like black. Mm-hmm. That is it. And then there's like shine marks, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very like clean and simple, which I actually really liked about the art director. Yeah, I thought the art, the, I thought the art style, especially the 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 um, one one of the brothers, I forget which one, but the the first and last uh, issue mm-hmm. in there, the one, the continuing one about the the Thai girls. Yeah, I thought that that art style really stood out. It oh, was yeah. really, really slick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and one just odd thing. That struck me about the art. All of the characters have Hispanic names and will speak some Spanish. You know, Hernandez brothers. Right, makes sense. They're very Latin. But they're all drawn as white people. Yeah, very white people. Like blonde-haired, bright-eyed, white women. It It's kind of discombobulating. And they'll use the exact same characters for different stories. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, not the same characters, but the same drawings. Character models. Yeah. 
same drawings for different characters. So it kind of alludes to like a like a limited, you know, wealth of characters to draw from. Or that they're trying to be creative with the uh, scope of the different different worlds that these different stories take place in. Right. You know, following the same body but through a different timeline. Which didn't bother me too much, just something I kind of noticed is on. Or it could just be to try and confuse the reader. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get into my opinions on this in a sec, but continue yeah. on. All right, but the one that bothered me the most, uh, it's always been marketed as science fiction and love stories, romance. Love and Rockets has been. Yeah, yes. yeah. love and rock. It was right. kind of clear in the title. Right. There's some love and almost no rockets. <laughs> I, I saw one rocket in all three boot, uh, boots. Boots? <laughs> Canadian son. I saw one rocket in all three books. And this is kind of the weird part. Took place in a story with a surprisingly lot of pedophilia and sodomy. Oh my. And uh, that, there wasn't any of, the, of that in the one that you let me borrow. No, somehow, book two, almost completely void of sodomy. <laughs> the other two, jam-packed wow. with young boys being raped and alien children being molested and murdered. Really, really uncomfortable <laughs> amount <laughs> wow. of... Uh, of all that. So it's not just like risque, it's just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Those poor right, the, ali- the alien species that these a couple of humans run into, they give off a pheromone that's very seductive and makes humans go kind of nuts for it. So the main character of that story arc hooks up with one of the adult females. And then he comes back to see that his, one of his partners has... Just sitting in the office, naked, with uh, the two children that he's bashed their heads in with a rock. And says something to the effect of, Man, you're right. It's good. Even better than human children. And I should know. Wow. Oh, God. Oh, that's really fucked up. Wow. That's really fucked up. That really isn't going to help my readings, is it? Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. So, it... It really alienates the reader. Either. Right. Well, I mean, it just adds to that kind of what the fuck. Yeah. Sort of just. I mean, that, like that the whole love and rockets thing. It's just kind of like what the fuck is uh, happening. Yeah. I I I didn't put any of the books down. I read all three of them. They were, they were interesting stories, but man, did occasionally it go a little too far. Yeah. Which wow. is possibly what they're going for, but... That could be. Ugh. It could be. But 30 years of shock value, come on. Yeah. You know. But, you know, it, like it's I said... It's got to be the status quo at some point. Yeah. I haven't read the other 30 years worth. Uh, <laughs> these volumes only started coming out in uh, 2010. I mean, it's, it's very clearly practiced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very sharp. You know, it's it's like everything in there is very much on purpose. I mean, these guys are professionals at this point. You oh, know, yeah. Way... You know, so like the art style is, is, is there's, there's, there's no foreshortening problems really. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's, there's no like real mistakes. It's very clean. It's very on purpose. 
It's just like really confusing. Mm-hmm. And apparently lots of butt sex. Lots of Little butt alien sex. boys. That's really disturbing. I'm glad I didn't read those. Thank you for protecting yeah. me from that. Yeah. But remember, at your local library. <laughs> at your local library, you too can be horrified. Wow. Yeah. I am really glad. Uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit here. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to uh, see Joe since our last podcast. So I haven't had a, the chance to get a copy of Love and Rockets until we met together to record today. And I am just running on fumes over the past couple of days due to a bunch of weird event things that have been yeah, going on. Yeah, Brian's been threatening to zombie out and try and eat our brains. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, yeah, so so if you hear me just start going, brains, and then screaming, and that's the end of the podcast, I turned into a zombie. My apologies to whoever I eat. Right, or if you're snoring. Or if I'm snoring. That's, that's, that's equally possible. Yes. So, Each of these can be cured by beating him in the head with a copy of Love and Rock. <laughs> it can be, because they are pretty large volumes, especially if you use the binding area. Oh, yeah. Dangerous. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I was I was given it, and I was reading a chapter, Hypnotwist, I believe. Mm-hmm. Dude, what the fuck? Seriously? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it wasn't. Even, it didn't even like really make sense. There's one of those in every book. <laughs> really, I, 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 volume. Yeah, I Not think my response twist, to that chapter, was like, but there was no, there was absolutely no dialogue. The whole time. No dialogue. Yeah, it no was dialogue. All, all visual direction, mm-hmm. and it was all very murky. Yes, mm-hmm. my my uh, response to the guys when I was reading this was, I don't know if I am. On too many drugs right now, or if I am not on enough drugs to understand this. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm not enough. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, well, I was reading the next chapter after, which had to deal with the Thai girls, and I just could not get into it at all. I mean, like I had said, I really like the art style, but that's not enough to keep me around. I'm sorry. And had you given me. The first trade with a lot of sodomy and <laughs> ne- ped- uh, pedophilia, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know if I can be in the same room with you right now. Yeah, it's just really vile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So let's let's go around. I mean, I don't know, Brian, you feel like you've read enough of it to give it a rating? No, I honestly haven't given enough of a fair, fair shake to give it a rating, so I'll have to give it a incomplete out of five. Incomplete <laughs> out of five. So what about you, Joe? All right. So if you caught me after I read just that volume two, I'd have given it a 1.5, two issues, you know, depending on what mood I was in. But after reading all of them, ugh, one, an easy one issue and done. Really? Yeah. Well, let's see, because I, I thought I was going to be mean and give it the two issues. <laughs> you know, well, like I said, you only read that second volume, right? And that's—I think—that's a big part of it. Like, you know, it oddly enough, what what gives this book for me a better rating is that I've read less of it. You know, <laughs> there's this part of me that's kind of expecting, like, okay, I feel feel really kind of lost and disjointed and confused, but that's probably because I haven't seen the other volumes. I'm probably there's an entire, I don't know, 200 pages that I mm-hmm. just don't have in my memory. And so, obviously, I'm going to be confused. I'm Obviously, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is happening in here? Like, So, you know, I, I was trying to take that into account uh-huh. because we just didn't have access, or at least I didn't have access to it. You know, and, and more focus on kind of what was the one-shots like and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And But there was still just, it just felt, 
I don't know. It just felt so murky and confusing yeah, all and over awkward, the place. you know. And and I think that I think the Brian put it best is that you know I just couldn't get into it. You yeah. know, I mean, I I could see that there are some people that this would resonate with, and I mean, obviously it resonates with somebody because yeah. or enough people because it's been out for freaking thirty years. These guys aren't doing this at a loss for thirty years, really. Yeah. I mean, at least I hope so. <laughs> you know. And it's obviously very, very, very practiced and very clean, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Except for one of them, Sad Girl. Yeah. That one, I, I just like, dude, like... like Boobs. The boobs. Enormous. Yeah. Throughout the, the entire Enormous series. boobs. To the point where you seriously think that, like, at one point, you know, just the back is going to break. It's just <laughs> it's just really, like, 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 like yeah, normal her, skinny body. Her waist body. is as thin as her neck, and her boobs are, like, like twice four as times. her head. I mean, it's just... Anyway. But... Uh, you know, save a couple things like you know specifically specifically the ongoing story about the Thai girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like the art. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for anything black and white. I always think it's skillful to be able to deliver interesting three dimensional characters and backgrounds and story in just two colors yeah. or, or color or, or like you know black and white. You know, something and nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so I, I respect that. But man, I just couldn't get into it. I just I tried. And I just couldn't. I just, I just don't like it, you know. I mean, and I, I mean, and I, I, I'm pretty patient with stuff. I'll give it a chance. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to a, a new album twice, straight through, before I'm like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> and and I, I got you know two issues. I mean, t- you know, two issues, two comics in for that, for you know, in this trade, and it was just like, this is just not catching me, yeah. you know. And got like halfway through the next one, and was like, I'm done. And I just kind of thumbed through the rest of it. You know, it's just, I just, nah, it just wasn't for me. So, yeah. yeah so, so two issues for me, one issue for Joe. Yeah. That's good. Hey, congratulations, Geek Life. We finally rated something we didn't actually like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were genuinely sitting around worried about this. I don't know whether it was after the last games podcast or if it was after the last movie podcast or something, but there was this definite trend of like really, really high ratings because we want to talk about shit we like. And I was saying, someday we should just, like, on purpose rate just a bunch of shit. <laughs> just be like, I watched this movie the other day. It was fucking awful. <laughs> on the next movie podcast, Kiltro. Kiltro, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, if it... Uh, our, you know, our listeners out there, do you remember when we were talking about Chronicle on the last movie podcast and the administrator was talking about the St. Francisville experiment? I watched that. Don't do it. <laughs> Not a good idea. We watch bad stuff she, and no, worse. Seriously, so you like, don't she, have to. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, she she has a, a soft spot for that movie for some reason, yeah. probably because it's like paranormal and she mm-hmm. loves paranormal. I mean, it's so do I, but apparently not as much as her because I can't make that. I mean, that yeah. movie was just bad. I just I like I powered through it so that I could talk to her about it, but I wanted to be done way before it was over. <laughs> and I actually watched uh, Troll Hunter. After you guys talked about how it good was that? That was so good. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. love it. Blew my mind. Love it. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna take a break, and uh, when we get back, we will get into playing a little game—the first game of the night. What would uh, what would you have on your personal utility belt? So uh, yeah, stick with us. You're listening to Geek Life. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. 
stuff to break up the, uh, in some cases, rather tedious reviews, <laughs> and and uh, Joe mercifully came up with a couple different games for us to play. So we pile out it earlier on, and we decided on this one for sure, and maybe one more for later. Uh, so so this one is, is entitled, What Would You Put in Your Utility Belt? Your Personal Utility Belt. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is like individually, so this is kind of like character study into the Brian, JP, and Joe. <laughs> So, so the Brian, what, uh, what would you have in your utility belt? So I think that my most important thing that I'd have in my utility belt is the iPhone. Now I am, <laughs> now I am an I'm Android user. Good. I am happily an Android user, but it's simply for the marketing line. There's an app for that. So if I don't have what I need in my utility belt, well, my iPhone better have an app for that. So you're just going to be I'll, Captain Douchebag. <laughs> I'm going to be Captain Douchebag. When am I not Captain Douchebag? I mean, really. Uh, so yeah, that that's what I'm rolling with. And before Siri, you ask, how do I pick a lock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, see, exactly. It's perfect. You know, I'll have my little the local bail bondsman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, so it's got everything I need. It's it's got my GPS. It's got Siri. It's got all the apps for weird crap. And, you know, I can play cut the rope if I'm waiting around for a bad guy to hit something. So yeah iPhone, because there's an app for that. And no, marketing slogans have no effect on me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, what would you what would you put in your utility belt? All right. The most versatile gizmo I have ever seen. Grappling hook. Or the grappling gun. Grappling gun, not the, the grappling hook. Yeah, the grappling, grappling hook. Because grappling hook, that shit's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shoot somebody with a grappling gun. Rorschach, you know, took out a couple of guys with it. You can get up the building. You can repel yourself down the building. You can swing from one building to another if you need to get away. It, that's some useful shit to have right there. Definitely. I've never seen a real one. I don't think it actually exists yet. <laughs> Not to any sort of like useful... Uh... Now I have to check on iTunes Store for the grappling gun app. <laughs> I actually have a real grappling hook. Like like a rope and hook. Those things are a pain in the ass. They are a pain in the ass. Like I don't know. Like I went through this like phase in high school where I was like, I need ninja stuff. (laughs) 
so, so I bought like caltrops and I bought like the ninja grip things that don't work at all. They're like supposed to help you climb shit. And your blowgun, your blowgun, the blowgun, awesome. which works amazing. That was the best purchase for sure. Out of all that random stupid ninja shit that I bought from freaking Bud K. <laughs> This is what happens when, like, high school kids have a job. They're like, do I need to pay rent? No. Do I need to pay utilities? No. What do you need? Ninja stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So that's what you'd have for sure. Like, the Grab one I'd be done. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm thinking for me, I would need some kind of portable gaming device. Now, I mean, I mean for sure, the, uh, you know, the iPhone, that's very versatile. But, you know, I can't use the same thing as Brian. So I'm going to say 3DS. And here's why, okay? Here's why. Because real crime fighting, there's a lot of waiting, a lot of staking out, a lot of sitting around listening and listening and listening to the scanner. You know, I mean, they don't show that part in the comic books. They don't show that part in the movies and stuff. But those, I mean, you just know that Batman is just like sitting on the top of something, kind of wiggling his feet back and forth, listening to his radio, having a sandwich. Goes through a whole Tuesday night just kind of... Flipping the channels on his receiver. I'm just chilling out, man. Yeah. And so you know that there's going to be downtime, you know? And so I'm thinking if you've got your radio and it's not a visual thing you're watching, you're just listening, man, I'd be playing Zelda. (laughs) Just be chilling, you know? I think, I mean, especially if you're Batman or something and you're like up on the top of some building, you you could just like hack into their Wi Fi and just watch Netflix, (laughs) you know? And don't forget, you can take pictures of culprits in 3D. 3D! (laughs) Fuck yeah! Yes, yes, that's definitely, I think, would have to be in my utility Uh, belt. Joker's scars would look just. Fucking weird in 3D. Right. <laughs> so now, so now the, the, the secondary question for what you would have in your utility belt is what's the worst possible thing that you could have in your utility belt? And this could be something that, that, that you've made up or something that one of our just misguided superheroes of yesteryear has used. So let's, let's go in a circle again. So Brian, what, what, uh, what's the worst thing you could think of having in there? So this is actually a super villain had this. Okay. And it is from the wonderfully horrible movie Batman and Robin. The uh, George Clooney, Joel Schumacher. Uh, You mean the Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Did did Schumacher do more than one movie? He did too. He did Batman Forever and Batman Batman and Robin. So yeah, basically like the neon Batman movie. Exactly. With With like the perfectly molded ass suit. With and nipple, bat nipples. With, yeah, bat nipples. With bat nipples, shit. <laughs> that right. could be a so, worst so thing. So what, what is but it? It's Mr. Freeze. He is just happening to... He just happens to carry around in on his persons at all times in his suit of freezing cold armorness a cure for a disease, a rare disease that his wife happens to have. So... But it's not a good enough cure to deal with where she's at in her stage of her disease. Right, so it's for like an early stage. It's for an early stage. Do you remember what that was called, anybody? Doesn't matter. It's Batman and Robin. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Freeze is an awesome character. Fully realized in Batman the Animated Series, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, yeah. Yes. But we're talking about Batman and Robin, so who really cares? Uh, So when... So he just happens to have the cure that, oh, the plot conveniently 
Batman needs the cure for. And he just happens to have it on him just so he can say, take two of these and call me in the morning. Ugh. Oh, man, the one-liners. Uh, oh. Yeah. How is it you can make an entire movie of one-liners? How? I'll tell you how. By watching those damn reality shows. I came home the other day and my roommate was watching those, like, you know, stupidest criminals show. Uh, and, dude, like, every single one, it's like, you went to a quickie bar to try and get a hot dog and he realized that he was biting off more than he could chew. <laughs> you know, it's like every single one is yeah. is brilliantly, massively horrible. And he th- <laughs> the guy throws them out like it's just pennies. Hey, like, isn't, like, 90% seconds. of the dialogue in the... Great Arnold Schwarzenegger 80s action movie, Yep, Commando. Isn't like 90% of the dialogue just straight up one-liners in that thing? Oh, sure. I think most of his movies, yeah. Yeah. That's well, what 80s yeah, exactly. movies could get away with. 80s movies could just be like one-liners and then like flash some boobs, you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Did you guys hear the making a, a new uh, Total Recall? Yes. I heard that, yeah. Dude, have you seen the commercial for it yet? No. It looks sweet. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, it does. It looks really cool. Sweet. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm normally a little tentative, and that's like a that's a fan favorite. That was like one of the first R-rated movies that my dad like brought <laughs> home and showed me while mom was gone. She was very strict about the R-rated movies. Nice. It was like, you know, that and uh, Terminator. It was all, <laughs> all Schwarzenegger movies, you know? Yeah, which is interesting since like... When I was three and four, I got to watch Alien, Aliens, and then my dad took me to RoboCop when that came out in theaters, no, and I was like under the age of ten. Yes, <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it so does. Very much. That's why you are the Brian, the yes. only Brian, the, the one, one, the only. The only the take best. no substitutes. So, Joe, what would your last thing you'd want to have on your utility belt be? All right, again, Batman movie, but from the Burton days. So uh, Batman Returns just happens to have in his fight with Catwoman a vial of acid. Just chilling on his belt. Just chilling on his belt. What happens if like it gets smashed on you? Exactly. That's your belt. Smashes man. Your it, right? pants are gone. Does he like? Does he open it and toss it, or does he break it on her? He breaks it on her. Oh yeah. So that's so a breakable vial of acid <laughs> on your waist. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. That's not going to cause any sort of problem when you get kicked in the hip by a crazy clown. <laughs> no, I'm sure your he's belt the goddamn Batman, so he's got down. some sort of really, really protective thing on the utility belt to keep that one little place of vial of acid ridiculously more guarded than anything. Why is it the Batman movies just have the dumbest shit? The <laughs> dumbest shit. Well, okay, okay. So bringing things full circle, what I would choose, again, Batman movie, the Batman movie, with Adam West. We're talking, of course, the shark repellent spray. <laughs> I mean, come the hell on. Oh, yeah. Because you never know when you're going to you be attacked have to spray by a shark. shark. Right. Oh, dude. There was a comic book podcast that I used to listen to that I think is now defunct, but it was called the Shark Repellent Podcast because of that. <laughs> it's so bad. So bad. And it, it, you know, it, but it like it, at least it's so bad it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I believe it was the Bat Shark Repellent. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It was like, had like a little bat on the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Okay, well let's uh, let's move on to the next the next review. Joe's dancing over there. You're listening to Geek Life. We'll be right back.
So our final review of the night is The Cape, written by Jason Siamella, I believe is... I. Yeah. Is how you butcher his name. <laughs> it's how I butcher the name. <laughs> Tune in to Geek Life Podcast, where the Brian butchers people's names. Uh, it's inspired by the short story of The Cape by Joe Hill, with art by Zach Howard, published by IDW, and having absolutely nothing to do with the NBC TV series The Cape from 2011. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Cape was something that I picked up originally. Yes. Um, you know, we were at... Uh, shamelessly plugging Waterfront Comics again in Sassoon, California. Uh, and I am, as often I am, feverishly looking for the first issue of something. Because I get in there and Joe's like, want to go to the comic book store? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll get something. And then I get in there and it's like, well, I can choose between issue 3,000 of this or issue 200 of that or issue 85 of this. It's like, I open up, it's like, what the fuck is happening? I'm totally lost. You know, like I know the characters basically with the superhero ones, but it's still like I have no clue what their motivations are currently. What's going on? I mean, just like, you just got to just dive in, as I've come to find. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, which is why the whole that's thing, what the internet is for. That's what the internet is for. Also, the New Fifty Two thing has been pretty slick. You know, yeah. I like that they reboot things regularly. Uh, you know, anyway. But so I was thinking, you know, obviously, yay, indie comics, and then found a cover. This is really the cover is what drew me in. The cover art, awesome mm-hmm. in this. And so you know the cover for the cape is is this uh, is this dude kind of floating in these like thrash jeans like Chucks you know like the Chuck Taylor shoes this like band T-shirt and this like just ratty old like looks like a towel just kind of tied around his neck like a little kid would make a cape out of and he's like hovering in the air in this amazing cool like you know pose it just looks really a cigarette right. Smoking a cigarette, yeah, it just looks amazing, right? I'm like, this is cool. I need to check this out. And so I, you know, you know, I carefully pulled it out and took a look at it and was like, yeah, I can do this because you know, a big part for me, I'm a huge, you know, art snob. I have to have it look uh, the right way for me to really want to own it. You know, it has to have nice frame pacing. Has to be clean. It has to be clear. It has to be not like Love and Rockets. And (laughs) (laughs) so. So, but, but, but so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, this is great, right? So I go in and, uh, you know, purchase the first, I think, two uh, that were there. And, uh, you know, and then think, yeah, I'm starting a new series. This is going to be great. Damn series ended on four issues. It was a four-issue <laughs> series. And I was really getting into it. Oh, I know. Oh, man. That was Which is going to make it really hard to do a five-issue rating on a four-issue. Right, issue. okay, all right. Yeah, but, you know, that's in theory. Anyway, yeah. anyway so, so, Brian, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about The Cape. So, The Cape is uh, about this guy named... Eric. Is it Eric? I thought the brother was Eric. Uh, Brother's Nick. Okay. Steel trap over there. Steel trap of braineriness. That's right. So, it's because he's still in school. It's really <laughs> ah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, he's he's going to classes and they're he's using his brain, whereas you and I just do the same menial tasks every day over and over. Act like a legend in my own mind? I don't really know what... Menial task yeah. you're talking you, about. You don't need you don't need school. To yes, be, to be more awesome. Yes, more exactly. Awesome. So yes, as we were saying, the cape is about a brother uh, 
two brothers, Nick and Eric, Eric being the uh, main character and antagonist in this case, uh, who has basically gone off the deep end and has this cape that is a total MacGuffin. It helps, it allows him to fly. They don't ever explain the series why it allows him to fly. I think it also gives him additional strength. Oh, clearly it gives clearly, him strength. It One of the actually, best scenes in the whole comic book is he gets in yes. trouble with some some cops or something like that. Yes. And he just goes to the local zoo and picks up a bear and drops, a bear and drops yes. it on their car. Drops it right in their convertible. Yes. So good. <laughs> yes. It's one of the best ways to kill people. Just drop a fucking angry bear on top oh, of yeah. them. Yeah, Joe hadn't read it yet and we're like setting up for the podcast and I brought all four issues of it over here so he could read it and be in on the conversation. And as he starts to chuckle, he's like, oh, best scene ever. And Brian and I are like, the bear scene, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to obviously have extra strength because, well, let's face it, it's a bear. Anybody who's read my yeah, Christmas letter over the past year knows. Which we will post on pandamanga.com yes. this coming Christmas. Brian's now infamous Christmas letter. Yes. You'll which... know that over this past summer, I actually had the privilege, I guess, um, of actually fighting a bear. Of defeating and, a bear in single combat. Uh, we'll call it a tie. <laughs> <laughs> One thing for sure, bears are fucking vicious when they're angry. The other thing, they are really fucking heavy. So, yeah, holding up a bear and dropping it onto a car... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's pretty Clearly fucking, super strength. Yeah, that, that's serious yeah. boss right there. Right, but so this this like towel cape thing, fuzzy, yes. messed up, awful. The, the, it's from these these two brothers' childhoods when they played as superheroes. They pretended to be. They pretended to be superheroes, right. and somehow, some way, the cape actually got powers, which is kind of. I actually really like the fact that they do not explain it, but it actually takes place about Eric, who is going off the deep end. And he, I think the opening scene is the brother Nick, who sees uh, a friend of his in, who is Eric's ex-girlfriend in the morgue, basically looked like she had been dropped from 20 stories oh, up. Oh yeah, she mm -hmm. was just mangled. And, and just like, completely mangled. The coroner mangled. was like, hey man, you don't need to see this. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to see this, especially since you know the person. And, and he, like, of course he's like, but I do. Yeah. I owe it to I her. I owe it to her. I owe it to her. Because and then, I like, play a doctor on TV. Yes. <laughs> um, I play a good doctor in the comic books. So it has to do with um, Eric and his jealousy over Nick and with the breaking up of his girlfriend, who is also working at the same hospital with Nick, it actually drives him off the deep end and he just goes on a killing spree. Right. We don't want to give away the entire story. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. But there is there is an interesting scene with the chainsaw versus a plane. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, really, really, the, the cape was just full of really, really great, great visual art direction and scenes and just very creative. Mm -hmm. I thought it was neat. Yes. Uh, you know, I, personally, I felt like, well, of course, I wanted it to last longer. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was really into it. I mean, more than just me finally finding an issue one and then starting to get it week to week <laughs> and feeling like a comic book geek again and then having it robbed for me. Uh, but so spectacular. But so spectacularly robbed, but still so so robbed. Yeah, but but beyond that, I really wish it had gone on longer. You know, the you know the the characters that they were creating were really three dimensional and interesting, and you know, I thought that the 
uh, you know, the relationship, uh, you know, and the kind of alludes and, and, and flashbacks to their childhood and like, you know, what's the secret about this cape? Why does it do what it does? How did they find it? What, what's the deal? You know, these like, just like aching questions, mm. you know, that they, that they just never get into. That they're just like, no, it's not important. We're going to tell a story and that we're going to tell a piece of the story, you know. Like I said, a cape is a total MacGuffin, which if you're not familiar with that is, it's a plot device used in fiction where it's usually the object of uh, that is driving the plot for the protagonist, antagonist, or both. Um, and is a major, major plot device that they never care to go into the reasons of why it exists or how it works and that sort of a thing. So that's totally what the cape is. It's a full-on MacGuffin. It's a major plot device that they never really cared to explain. Right. So what do you think of it, Joe? I was totally down with it. Like you said, I was reading it while you guys were setting up for the podcast, and yeah, by the time he drops a bear on the on the FBI guy... Yeah, which is a couple pages in the first book. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, right It's got there. you right by the short and curlies. I mean, it's yeah, great. Just knocked me over laughing. Yeah, it, it, it it's like... I remember, like saying to JP when I was reading, I'm like, best way of killing someone ever! Yeah. <laughs> and the art does this really neat thing of jumping between these really heroic-looking, full-page uh, scenes. Very dynamic images. Really dynamic Amazing, stuff. amazing art. And then the really close-in, gritty stuff that's really dark and really overly shaded and you know it just has this amazing contrast you're right at home in, in like a detective comic oh yeah you know some of the i mean very kind of noir feeling mm-hmm. with some of those close-ups you know and i don't know i thought it was that was so much fun to read yeah very very cool yeah so you know i i think if i were to have a criticism of it my criticism would be that it was that like as you get closer and closer to the end, you begin to realize that they're not going to tell you the story. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give you kind of the complete picture and really satisfy that itch to know kind of all the nitty gritty details of who and why and what and how and all that. And uh, the story starts to get. It's like it's like it's clear that they're not going to have to really you know go any farther with these characters, and so it becomes more about you know the uh, it steps away from character development and mm-hmm. moves to you know events and action and things like that, yeah. which is cool uh, and it, and and it works, but it it really it really leaves you not just wondering but really feeling kind of like oh come on tell me what happened it's it's a little anticlimactic <laughs> yeah it's a little anti more than a little anticlimactic I mean, that's the, true the climax was really like, really like, powerful yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really really great but I, it was I, a very big and final climax but, right yeah. but I do feel like and they did have a couple pages after that that was kind of a nice wind down but I really feel like those that within those pages there should have been a page or two with a handful of frames that even just because I mean we know they're more than capable because of the level of skill and amazing art involved in this uh, comic book that that they could have easily kind of at least alluded to you know what happened between the brothers when they were young and how mm-hmm. where this cape got its power and or when they discovered it or or some kind of beginning origin story that would illustrate a little better why there was all this animosity and trouble between them and this distance and mm-hmm. you know because there was clearly a lot going on under the surface you know it was, it's it's kind of like again like a little piece of a much bigger story I actually think they gave 
plenty of reasons as to why there was the animosity between the two brothers. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't need any more complex. backstory as to why one and what, why they've fallen, they've had their falling out. Um, but yeah, there were some other things that could, I, I would like to have explained uh, a little bit better, but Maybe, yeah, but it really, yeah. it really is nothing more than just kind of satisfying that curiosity. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, the fact that they can create did, that you know curiosity what? in yeah. the first place, it says leagues about the skillfulness of the writing. Yes, but you know what? Always leave them wanting more. Yeah. Well, Thanks. I'll tell you what. I mean, they, they, they have me. If they make another <laughs> short one shot of the cape, I will go buy it. That's yes. what is going to happen, and I'll talk about it again because it's <laughs> awesome. You know. Well, I think that's where the fifth issue in the rating will come in. <laughs> if you'll buy the first issue of the next year. Exactly, exactly. There you go. Well, let's let's go around and rate it. Uh, why don't you start, Brian? So I actually have... I'm kind of torn on this one. Mm-hmm. Because I believe on our last comic podcast, we were doing Criminal Macabre. And I think I only gave that two and a half issues. But... I also have to wonder, I think this was the superior thing, right. but to me, okay, we've talked about the bear, and we've talked about Chainsaw versus Airplane. Oh, so good. <laughs> but, you know, outside of that, as far as the basic stories, I don't know if a lot of the subtle stuff was very memorable. Like, I can't, I couldn't get through Criminal Macabre, but there's a lot more subtle details and intricate parts of the story that I far remember more than... Than a yeah, couple it's more of details. Not, not, you know, you, you know. Now, granted, it's no more, but it has a, it has a, a larger uh, set piece. Yes, uh, it does. It, it has it has more time to develop. It does, um, but know. even in like the first issue, I f- had more of a feel for who the characters were in that yeah. than this was. I, so it's really good. The pacing is great in this. It's a quick read, it's but streamlined. It's, it's very streamlined and it's very good, but. You know, what? unless probably, you know, a few months, maybe a year down the road, I'll have to be reminded of the bear scene before I remember what the cape was. It'll probably be like, you mean that terrible NBC show? No, the comic. <laughs> you mean the comic based on the terrible NBC show? No, the one with the bear. Oh, right. right. So just because of that, I, I'm going to have to give it three, three and a half out of five. It was really good. If JP picks up the... Fifth issue, if they ever make one, yeah, I'll be like, oh, sweet, give me. But at the same time, I'll probably need to read the other four issues, which won't take that long anyways. But it's just one of these things that I don't know if it's memorable enough to give it a well, high It's rating. a one-shot. It is. You know, it's a short story. I mean, short stories are meant to are meant to entertain and, and you know, and maybe some way stick with you, but it's not meant to, to you know, carve out its own little place of nostalgia in your mind. I, and so. I'm not talking about nostalgia, right. but... You know, I'm a guy whose useless facts rattle around my head, so having intricate details is kind of good for me, because they'll stick around. I I honestly don't know if this one's going to be memorable for me in a year down the line, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, which is why, while it's good with, you know, the amount that I can remember of various weird stuff, I don't know if it's going to stick in my mind. Mm -hmm. What about you, Joe? Um... Wait, 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 real quick. Your, your rating was what, Brian? Three, maybe three and a half. Okay. I'm going to have to go three. Three. So th- yeah. three issues. Three, three issues from the Which run. is, you know, better than halfway, but still, you know. Right. Above meh. I'm going to go with a different different take on my read for it. 
know, even if I don't remember, you know, the exact dialogue next year, I'm going to remember having a lot of fun reading this comic and yeah, reading it in like 17 minutes, all four issues. <laughs> Books that I can burn through that fast are pretty few and far between. And when I do, they really make me read more comics. I'm probably going to go home and finish the couple new trades I picked up at the library today. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it really puts me back on a, okay, you know what? I had so much fun reading this, and I read it so fast, I'm going to read another, and another, and another, and another. And really, really helps me reappreciate the whole genre. Right. Just having so much fun with it. So I'm giving it an easy five. Actually, I, I should say this, because um, we had talked about Chainsaw versus Airplane. I had completely forgotten about that scene until I had asked you to see issue two because there was one thing that stuck out that I couldn't understand that I had to read back and uh, look at. If I hadn't seen that, I would have completely forgotten about Chainsaw vs. Airplane. Chainsaw vs. Airplane was epic. Epic, 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 epic. <laughs> but is it as good as Bear vs. Cop Convertible? <laughs> right, yeah, that's awesome. So, so, so Joe's going to give it a five. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I am going to give it a 4.5. Uh, issues. I say this because, um, I, you know, I wanted to give it five issues. I gotta say, it is probably some of the most fun I've had reading a comic in a while. Yeah. It just it was it was an easy, smooth read. It kept a good, clean pace. The art was just just oh, it was just amazing. It just felt good to look at. You know, you know, you know, there was really no part of it that I wasn't like, wow, that's masterful. I just really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one thing I wanted to say about the art before I, before I finished the review is I felt like it was a really neat combination of the black and whites with uh, screen tones and full color. That what they had done is they had, you know, it was the, it was the actual, the exact same screen tone. And by same screen tone, I mean it had the same, you know, um, dot, you know it had the same like line density and it was the same. It was basically the exact same screen. They didn't mess with it or change it. Because screens, screen tones in in just black and white can kind of suggest colors or shapes or or you know something like that. But this one was clearly used to accent the darkness. And so the the parts of the picture that were the darkest also had this kind of screen tone overlay. And the screen tone wasn't just black; it was like a darker version of the color that was there. But there was just something about the way they did that that made it kind of have that sort of like pop art feel kind sort yeah, of thing. They did a, a bit of the stipple shading. Yeah, yeah, the stipple shading, right, that that I really like. Mm-hmm. And I always, I guess before this book, really felt kind of like, well, it's going to be, you know, screen tones and black and white and India ink and blah, 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 or it's going to be, you know, line line art and, you know, full colors and shading and da 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 you know, and I really feel like, like this book has given me a renewed appreciation and excitement about getting into color again. You know, I really, really think that, you know, because I, I, I pulled out my old Copic markers and I'm going to be starting to do some covers and I was thinking about doing a couple of our of our issues in color mm-hmm. um, that way, which is what I have the most experience in. But part of me was kind of like, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to, you know, because, I don't know, coloring on the computer is really cool, but there's just a charm that's lost on me, you know, when you, mm-hmm. when you have it all done on the computer 100%, especially with the color, because it's just too clean. And I feel like there should be some variance and some charm to it. 
and adding that screen tone, that dot, that you know, that that dot stippling sort of thing in there with the color that was clearly done, you know, on a computer, mm-hmm. uh, it just it just adds that that kind of charm yeah. that I look for and long for. A little so, bit of life. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and just stylish. The whole book was stylish, man. Yeah. That was really cool. So, yeah, 4.5 issues. And, you know, the reason why I'm not going to give it a full five issues and I'm not just rabid for the next thing is, is I think, because I don't think we're going to see more issues of this. Oh, I really feel yeah. like that the way that it was written, it becomes increasingly more clear and obvious that they are planning from the get-go that these are... I mean, not throwaway characters, but these are characters that are only going to be around for, you know, 50 pages or something like that, you know, 60 pages. It's like, this is it. We're going to do a couple issues and then be done. And so, the like I did say that the characters earlier, I did say that they felt like kind of three-dimensional and, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that we didn't have enough time in character development to really feel like there was more there and that there was... Uh, I don't know. I, I, it, just, it just felt it felt like it was gearing up to be short. Yeah. You know, and so I'm not sure that with that foundation that they'll really be able to pull more out of it without it feeling like kind of stretching and all, st- yeah. kind of like stretching yeah. the limited amount of material they already have. Or, you know, putting a new name on the same product. You know, right. We're going to yeah. see the cowl or the helmet. <laughs> the helmet, yes. Which I think are actually both comics. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, you probably could just put like the in front of it. Pretty much any kind of clothing. The belt. The belt. The boots. The boots. The boobs. The boot. No, we already read. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the sodomy and rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Next up is our featured song for the day. As always, it is provided by Air Plus Recordings. Very generously, Tiger Paw hooks us up with some good music and tunes uh, for our comic for our comics podcast and podcasts in general. Actually, the Brian and I did some looking up about the legal issues with sampling music and stuff on podcasts, and it just really seems kind of like a giant rat nest of trouble. And so, you know, we both kind of thought we both were like, "Wow, man, this is rough." And then we like sat back and had a sigh of relief and be like. We don't have to worry about that bullshit. <laughs> We're partnered with people. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, so very, so here's very cool. to you, Tiger Pump. Yeah, here's to you. Air Plus Recordings, man. Seriously, it, it like it totally enriches what we do here. And I'm so excited to be able to share the amazing music from all of the Air Plus artists on this and with our view listeners and, and moving forward really promote their really good stuff. Today's song is Save for the Name by Blind State. This song is available on AirPlus Recordings' Singles Volume 2, which you can find on AirPlusRecordings.com. So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Heavy
That was Saved for the Name by Blind State from AirPlus Recordings Singles Volume 1, available on AirPlusRecordings.com. So that's about it. We've got uh, one last thing we wanted to say before we go. We figured we uh, we made that geek life at pandamanga.com email, so we better damn well use it, yeah. right? Damn straight. Damn straight. Damn straight. So so uh, why don't we have the Brian explain our our next little plan here? So our next little plan is guess the superhero. So our good comic expert Joe here is going to give you some clues as to who this superhero is, and email us with your answer of who you believe it is at geeklife at pandamanga.com and tell us who you believe that who our mysterious uh, superhero is that we are alluding to. The first person to get it right gets their name shouted out on the next podcast or should we wait for the next comic podcast? Oh man, the next podcast. Oh, the next yeah, podcast, podcast yeah. it is. Yeah, well, the first, yeah, well the first person to uh, guess correctly which you know superhero we're talking about here? We'll uh, we'll give a shout out to you publicly on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe the next comics podcast to give you guys a little time to get in there and figure it out. So we'll figure it out. But but well, if you think about it, that's like two months away. That's two months away. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So anyway, next podcast. Yeah, so the next podcast. So you know, so the, uh, of our listeners, the first person to guess who this is, we'll give you a shout out. And, uh, you know, so send, send us in, uh, you know, your name and any kind of pertinent information. If you want to use like a tag or something, you know, whatever. And we'll, if not, we'll use your, just your regular email address. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just, no. Your we'll, home phone number. We'll, your home phone number. No, no, no. The, your address, your blood type. <laughs> not your full email address, just the first part. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Not yeah, this. We'll, we'll give you a shout out a little bit, you know, give you some love. And, um, you know, just thank you for participating and listening. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so take it away, Joe. All right. I am a star college athlete from the future. I stole super equipment from a museum to go back in time and become a superhero. I was followed by my robotic sidekick. I saved the president's life with my knowledge from the future. And I'm trying to become a real hero, despite my earlier glory-seeking reputation. Who might I be? Name that hero! That's right. If you can guess who our hero is, please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com. That's right, geeklife at pandamanga.com. What will you win, ladies and gentlemen? You'll You'll win big fat nothing. Wait, wait, no. You will be having a shout-out on the next Panamanga podcast. That's right. Your name. Your name will be on the internet. Uh, no, don't tell them that part. <laughs> You'll get more of your 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, we will make sure that uh, we give you a shout out, offer a name, email address, home address, phone number. Wait, social blood time, social, social security. security. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so email us in at geeklifeatpanamega.com and we will give you a shout out. And uh, thank you so much for playing and listening. Uh, this has been Geek Life. I'm JP. I'm the Brian. And I am Joe. We'll see you next time. Brains. Wait. Oh, crap. Where's Love and Rockets?
Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit pandamanga.com for all your indie comic needs. If you have questions or comments on today's show, please visit our forums at forum.pandamanga.com. Anyone interested in becoming a contributor with Pandamanga, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. This is Joe, and we'll see you next time. Okay, you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, ready?